It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. And we are live, but I don't see the link. Um, just bear with me a second. Oh, I do see the link. Right, I've put the link on. I'll put the link on here, and then you can save it. Okay, there you go. Okay. Where have you sent it to me on? I put it on my Twitter. So okay. This is thrilling stuff. Well, nobody's <laughs> listening at this point anyway. They haven't sent the link. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. It is the Custard TV podcast afternoon. It's Luke and Matt. How are you, Matt? I am good, I am good, yeah, odd to be live, but there we go, you know. Or odd to be alive, I, I thought you were going to say. Isolation and all, you know. Yeah, I just I want to reach out and touch you, which I've never done before, but the urge is stronger now for some reason. I don't know why, I just want to like a little touch. Um, if you would allow me, please. <laughs> I mean, how... How long do you... I mean, ugh, this is just... I think if I knew when this was going to end, I'd be fine. It's just the not knowing when it's going to well, end. You, sh- you shared that really depressing article on Twitter and I just decided to read it as well. I did too. Uh, I know. Thanks I for shouldn't that, have done mate. that. Sorry about that. You can find it in my timeline, Luke, <laughs> at Lucas TV. If you or you could just it. watch the film Contagion and, and complain to Ofcom. That, Which, that uh, I think, issue. was it... It was ITV2 showed that ITV2. the other day. And, and about 150 people complained to Ofcom. God. That they showed, that it, they showed it. a shock to them anyway, because ITV02 only show Fast and the Furious, The Hangover and uh, Bridesmaids. No, so oh, you forget, have... you're, you're forgetting uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. They haven't done those for a while, actually. <laughs> no, but, but I, I mean... saw... I, I, had to, I did see Contagion when it came out um, in the cinemas... But I saw a um, photo of of the of the film that they used to illustrate the Ofcom complaint thing, and it was the bit with Matt. Have you seen the film? Yes. 
a bit with Matt Damon, his daughter in the supermarket. I was thinking, there's more on the shelves than there is down Tesco. I know, I know. It's, it was. It's actually a more exciting and energising look at <laughs> contagion than we're actually going for now. I I don't know. I don't know. But there is still telly on for the time being. And and we're here. And we're here, just Matt and I on our own. We're the last yeah. two survivors. It's um, like that episode of The Simpsons where Krusty's the only person left broadcasting. Did you um, see Survivors on BBC One all those years ago? Yeah, I'm sure we've had a conversation about that. I think only the first series, though, because there was yeah. two. Was was yeah, it that... Julie Graham Patsy and Joseph, Max Beasley? Yeah. Good cast. Who was, the, who was the other woman? There was sort of a. Uh, the woman out of Liar who plays the sister. Yes, her. her. That we know the name of. <laughs> her, she was in it. Yeah, and, and the guy that I've only ever seen in that and the second season of 24. Zoe, Ta- Zoe Tapper. Yeah, Philip somebody who was in the second Philip season Reese. of 24. Yeah, him. And according to Google, Roger Lloyd Pack was in it. Really? Was he in series two that I didn't watch? I don't know. Was he? I don't know. And didn't or was know he that. in the original series? Because it was a remake, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a remake. But I feel like now would be a terrible time to rerun that as well. I said that's not on any streaming service or BritBox or anything. That's the closest. And um, Luther's Nikki Amuka Bird as well was the MP, wasn't she? Yeah, never liked her. And you know who the big star? The BBC said. Uh, Freema Arjunan or what? Yeah, yeah. she died and, in the first episode. And then she died in the first episode. Terrifying. Anyway, this is all great stuff. Um, <laughs> Should we, we start have... by th- talking about sort of the update since we did last week's um, yes, do let emergency me know, podcast? Because I don't know if there have been any. Well, I suppose what, what BBC and ITV are doing to sort of clog the schedules a little bit, aren't they? You know, they... Like, the BBC came out with the big, um, like, what what am I thinking now? Release about this is what we're doing, because uh, that was the conversation we were having last week, wasn't it? You know, where we've got all these big gaps in the schedule. I suppose since, um, since last we spoke, they have officially postponed the Olympics. Yes. Till, till next year. Um, I'm just having a look now, and they have announced Killing Eve in a couple of weeks. Yes, in line with, for the first time, in line with with uh, America, which has never happened before. It's only a day after the American broadcast. And it's going to be on Sunday nights on BBC One, but you can watch it on iPlayer prior to that at your leisure if you want to. Yeah, so, I mean, this is the the um, press release I've got up now, and it's sort of BBC, it's called, it's BBC Entertains the Nation in a Time of Need. <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> um, so they are um, putting on classic comedies. I think that's something we were we were talking about, wasn't it? Yeah. So Saturday nights for the moment have got, or, or from next Saturday, they're rerunning the first series of uh, Gavin and Stacey uh, alongside the, for some reason, the fourth series of Outnumbered, mm, and also new comedy on BBC Two. Uh, there she goes. Uh, which is a which is a cheery watch. Oh, it? that's a happy-go-lucky <laughs> piece of comedy for us. Uh, also, um, the other one, first team, and Alma's not normal of the new comedies, and um, they'll be re-showing Peter K. Peter K.'s car share across the summer as well on Friday nights. Mm. Um, 
then we've got um, drama. They, they've got Killing Eve, as just mentioned. Uh, normal people, devs, which um, Jackson mentioned last week, didn't he? Yeah. The BBC yeah. is showing that. The Luminaries, Twin, Miss America, and Us. Uh, BBC, I'm assuming this is BBC Two, but it might be BBC One. They're rerunning old dramas, uh, The Cops, Party No Animal. way, I never saw The Cops, and I've heard it's brilliant. Cops, That's good. Cops, Party Animals, which is the political drama with Matt Smith. Yeah, was that good? I don't think and, I ever saw that either. Yeah, that was, I think, was that like 2009? Yeah. I want to say. It might have been eight, but yeah. Yeah, it was on when I was at... Uh, doing my uh, PGC at uni, so that was 2008-2009. Cardiac Arrest. And yeah, that's Jed Mercurio, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and Between the Lines. I've never seen any of them. Well, there you go. We'll return to the BBC for another outing and we'll bring the audience a selection of some of our finest classic drama adaptations on the current exam syllabus. Including... I wonder why they've chosen those specific ones. Don't know. They seem quite a random mix, but I like them. I I think maybe it's a combination of things that they haven't put on the iPlayer, and maybe that they've got the rights to that aren't like (laughs) owned by. Still own these, thank God. Yeah. That aren't on like UK, you know, like drama, UK TV Gold or whatever drama. Yeah. Um. So stuff like Midsummer Night's Drive. I won't go through all that. Um. One show, bloody bloody blah. Uh, they're also um, when Glastonbury is meant to be on, they're putting on sort of a class. They're calling it the Glastonbury Experience. Um, on Eurovision night, they're doing something called Eurovision Come Together, which is um, which is the wrong look, uh, wrong idea. Really, we should uh, be coming apart. Look at what have what would have been in 2020 because you know there's all as I said last week there's all these acts and songs that won't be able to participate next year because I don't it's something to do with the bylaws or something um, of of that nature. Uh-huh. So Peter Crouch is doing something. Save our summer. Right. Um, have I got news for you? Is still on the Graham Norton show. The Mash Graham Report. Graham Norton is interesting because that's on at nine o'clock on a Friday night, starting next Friday. And it's only half an hour, and I don't know how they're going to get big stars there. I suppose they're going to Skype in or Zoom in or something. Yeah, it but... says, now, the comfort of your own armchair. That will be the um, red chair piece. Oh, you know, okay. really yeah, great. they're doing yeah. that at home, are they? Yeah. You yeah. can do that. Um, interesting, um, Gareth Malone is back with the choir Britain in lockdown. <laughs> Cheery. <laughs> um... Something about uh, BBC Three drag. Thing. I'm just these are BBC Three things now. But I saw Ryland's got a new show. I saw. It will just be cockroaches and Ryland. Right, the yeah. <laughs> Ryland, Cot- you are what you wear, and Spandau Ballet's The Kemps. Is that a thing? Is that their version of the? Broth? I'm hoping so. I would watch the hell out. Did you ever see the Broth one? No. You need to seek that out when we get into week three of the lockdown. We all need to watch that. And that alongside works. new series of The Sewing Bee, The Real Marigold Hotel, Your Home Made Perfect, and I'll Get This. Who's okay. on The Marigold Hotel? I was, it's a shame that you don't know the answer to that because that Do was you? my question to you. No, I don't. But, I'm um, going to see if we can fi- if I can find it right now. Yeah, if so we achieve can't. nothing else throughout this podcast, we'll find that out for you, hopefully. It's, it's a strange time. The only other piece of news, sort of, is that ITV... 
are using their ITV hub to put on classic Euro games. So they're going to rerun all of Euro 96 where, spoiler, England didn't win. Um, it's all going to be there on the hub in time for what would have been Euro 2020. All I keep thinking is once this is all over, praise be, um, that uh, 2021's going to be incredibly busy. It's going to have the Olympics, it's going to have the Euros, it's going to have Eurovision again, it's going to have Line of Duty and all these things that have been postponed will finally be... We might be overwhelmed in 2021 with the amount of content we have at our I, fingertips. I can't find anything about this line, so they might be doing like a, just one of the on-tour series maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I can't find uh, any lineups post um, the last slot, so who knows. Yeah. Um, That's a really I, guilty pleasure. Yeah, that. and um, the the um, ITV hub would be showing Euro '96. That there's proof that you didn't listen to a word I said while I padded. I heard, I thought you might have said it, but I, I, <laughs> I heard you say. But I thought I'd say it anyway. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just on the the ITV site now because they've they've um, got something as well. So I was just uh, looking through this. Um, ITV look to inform and entertain viewers. I think it's, it's stuff about that we, time. <laughs> we we all we all know already. I mean, yeah. we'll continue to run through the spring and early summer. This Corinne Emmerdale because that was something that yeah. I don't think made it last week, was it? That they've now um, halted production on both of those as well. Um, we've got quiz coming up, um, and that, yeah, and Belgravia, which has already started. Yeah, this is this is bleak. Yeah. <laughs> ITV is really feeling the pressure of it. Uh, We also now know that the finals of both Britain's Got Talent and The Voice will be pushed back to later this year. Um, HBO had planned to show David E. Kelly's new drama The Undoing with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. That was slated for May and it's now slated for the autumn. Perhaps a sign that HBO are having to space their big shows out so they've got enough to fill come... Uh, the end of the year, so that's a bit of a shame because I was looking forward to it, but at least we're getting it at some point this year, just not as quite as early as uh, we were initially from May to some point in the autumn, that one. Do you want to do some reviews? Or is Matt gone? Sorry, I, I, muted, I... My... I muted myself then. Good, good. <laughs> Um, just checking it was working it works so um, yeah I was just going to say the same thing to you do you want to do some reviews let's review a drama because I don't remember we haven't reviewed a drama for a a while I think Noughts and Crosses might have been the last uh, drama we reviewed Uh, we're doing the big one on Sunday nights which is the five parter called The Nest they've actually revealed uh, this week that scheduling of this uh, this is going to be the big thing over Easter Sunday and Easter Monday. They're going to show the final two episodes uh, back to um, sort of on consecutive nights. So this stars Martin Compton, him of Line of Duty, and uh, Sophie Rundle, her of Peaky Blinders, Gentleman Jack, uh, as bodyguard. a married bodyguard, as a married couple who are struggling to conceive. They um, have a surrogate in. Um, I'm going to have to call him Martin because I cannot think for the life of me what his character's name was. Um, Dan. Dan. And what was Sophie Rundle's character name? 
Emily. Emily. So they have a surrogate in Dan's older sister. She loses the baby. And um, earlier on in the episode, Emily accidentally runs down a teenage girl who is having an altercation with somebody. We don't know quite who they are. We don't know much about this girl played by Mirren Mack called Kaya. She's sort of 17, living on her own, away from friends and family. She's sort of a uh, a bit of a... She's a care, she's a care leaver. Yes. Yeah. What's that? I don't even know what that is. Well, she's been in care, so she oh, was... Oh, I see, yeah, care leaver, sorry. So, so she was in um, foster homes. Her mum died... Well, the, the, the story is, anyway, that her mum died when she was 11. Mm-hmm. Um, she was exposed to violence and things like that, raised in foster homes and care homes. Yeah. And she has just been put in a, fl- a flat. She's 18, um and and is visited and the person she was having the the fight with was uh, one of her social workers who's yeah. sort of aiding with the with the placements yeah so um long story short um they um kaya happens to be in the hospital when this woman loses um emily and dan's baby she confronts emily and says i want to start my own business if you can give me some money and i j- and I just want somebody to be appreciative of me for once. If you can give me some money, I will um, help you have the baby. Dan is immediately against it because, well, for several reasons. Don't know the girl, really, and you can't pay for surrogacy in the in the United Kingdom. It's You can only pay for expenses, so he's against it. Emily wears him down, and the episode ends with them taking Kaya abroad to have the eggs implanted. But meanwhile, Dan's business partner, played by uh, the ever-gruff David Heyman, discovers that not not everything may be as it seems with Kaya and that her story doesn't add up. Uh, this is another one of those airport novel drama types where it's a bit daft, a bit silly, perhaps. Uh, did it engross you, Matt, or It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. I I liked it. I think it was a step. So it did have elements of those sort of nineties, you know, thrillers, Hand that Rocks the Cradle, mm-hmm. uh, single white female, that sort of thing. Uh, really put me in mind of the replacement for a couple of yes. years ago. Yes. I think not only because it's set in Scotland and has a line of duty cast member as a lead, um, but yeah, I think what lifted it for me was the fact that. It almost had a more sort of realistic slant, I think, because yeah. it's written by Nicole Taylor, 
who um, brought us three girls and the the C word, uh, things like that. I think the the character of Kaya is a very interesting one to have in a drama yeah, like this. And I Mira think Max very good. She I thought she was excellent. Um, very realistic as this sort of care lever, you know. Want I? I mean, some of the some of the elements of all the characters are broadly drawn. I think you know that's that's the trappings of a sort of BBC One nine PM drama that you have to have. You have to draw with broad strokes some at some points, but there were sort of realistic elements in this. I thought you know Sophie Rundle as well was very good at this as this woman who really really wanted this child and would do whatever it took. Uh, I, I like that they added sort of the elements such as the, you know, they had the consultation about whether it was a good idea to, for Kaya to be the surrogate and they and the decision was that they should wait a year because of her age and her circumstances and things like that. Uh, Martin Compton, for me, I didn't really understand his character. He was this sort of philanthropist. No, no, that was the weak boy. link for me. And yeah. uh, he's sort of well-known in the community. Mm. Uh, it sort of didn't hang together very well he, for me. Yeah, that. I, I, he was—he sort of th- this figure, you know, come from nothing, raises money for charities, raises money for sort of big sort of stadiums and things like that for schools. You know, Kai has got this neighbour who is, uh, you know, another care lever, but. It, he sort of got designs on her, thinks there's something surreptitious going on between uh, Dan and Kaya, and he ends up um, drowned at the end of the first episode. Yeah, I didn't even make that connection until I saw it the second time. Um, you watched this twice? Well, no, I thought I had to, because the first oh, okay. time uh, I was watching it with my folks, and we were just sort of yeah. commenting on it, and I thought, well, I, w- I need oh, to um, narrow down some of the... Uh, yeah. And COVID stopped me from seeing the screening of this as well. So, yes, yeah. Uh, I, I, but no, I, I think I did enjoy it because of uh, Miriam Mack and Sophie Rundle, because of Nicole Taylor's writing. I just, I think my fear is that, that Kaya is going to be vilified, and I don't think that is yes. a good sort of... Message. The character, because of the character being a care lever and a, a sort of, you know... a underperforming member of society although the suggestion is that it's the 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 couple that may be the ones who were going to be the sort of the antagonists of the group you know her longing to be a mother his sort of paranoia them i i think they're going to sort of almost lock her into this they they live in this lovely house that that sort of is borders onto like a lock you know it's it's a sumptuous uh, property and, mm. and I, I, you know how we were predicting things that were going to be said in in Gold Digger and in uh, Flesh and Blood. I think there is going to be a scene some point in this where where Martin Compton comes on to onto Kaya. I think that's going to be yeah. scenes. Yeah, I, that's, I can see that now. Um, and I think he, he he said the word lassie far too many times for my yeah, liking. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> aggressively Scottish <laughs> at points. Um, no, I I um I found this quite enjoyable and I hadn't felt that way about a, a, a drama on the BBC for a while it did feel grounded I, I think they didn't race to the to the point everyone knew if they'd seen the adverts for this or read any of the promo material what the basic plot was but I like that it didn't race to get there but it also didn't feel overly plodding and um, it's Mirror Mac that I'll be watching this for and as you say I have a sneaking suspicion She's going to be vilified, and I just hope that that isn't true. I've got faith in both Nicole 
and Nicole Taylor and uh, just the cast that it won't go that way. But um, yeah, I, I uh, thought this was yeah. quite a, a good distraction from everything going on. I think it's a step above these no, these sort of airport reads mm. that we've been talking yeah. about. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be a hard watch, really. So I'm looking forward to to seeing where it goes. Uh, Although, as, uh, uh, so that's 9 p.m. on Sunday, Sunday night, and the final one is Bank Holiday Monday. You Bank said Bank Holiday Monday. Yes, when as soon as you've been out and got your Easter eggs, <laughs> you can come back and watch yeah, that. Do all your Easter egg hunts. Apparently, uh, my aunt bought uh, six Easter eggs before all this kicked off. I didn't know she was that well organised. And during the lockdown, she's eaten four. And they weren't even for her. They were for other people. So God Aww. knows what, uh, the size of her when we see her next. <laughs> Crikey. Okay, uh, so that is yeah, The Nest on Sunday nights on BBC One. A, a step above a lot of their recent trauma output, I think. Um, do you want to talk about um, something we should try and do, which is feel good? This is on Channel 4. It's a semi-autobiographical um, piece from Canadian stand-up comic uh, Mae Martin. She plays a version of herself. She is in this a stand-up comic. She meets Charlotte Ritchie's George, and they fall in love despite George uh, not having a relationships with girls before. Uh, Mae is a struggling uh, drug addict. This is only reform. Well, she's not Re- struggling to be a drug reform, addict. Yeah, she's <laughs> recovering. Yeah, she's a recovering drug addict. She's going to meetings uh, where she meets the brilliant Sophie Thompson, and who takes her under her wing. And um, this is all there on all four for you to watch. And if you're not listening to this, if you're if you are listening to this outside the UK, everywhere else it's available on Netflix. Um, I've seen four of the six of these, and I had no anticipation of enjoying it because Channel 4 have done a lot of what I call hipcoms of late where they put a star in in position and then they make it issue based and then they sort of let let them go so Roisin, uh, not Roisin, yeah Roisin Connolly does Game Face um, uh, Ashleen B did did uh, this way up, and none of those really appealed. Bisexual, bisexual with Maxine Peake. None of those really appealed or spoke to me. And for for a large degree, this doesn't speak to me either. But I have found it an easy watch, and I do think uh, Charlotte Ritchie and and the May Martin have just this irresistible on-screen chemistry. That whenever they're together, and, I just and think it's funny. Really... It is funny, Matt. Thank you. It is funny. I, I asked Matt to watch uh, up to episode three because by the time I put this out, episode three, I think will have aired. So that's why I wanted to. Ah, uh, I thought you, I thought there was going to yeah. be because normally when you ask me to watch a certain there's amount, a big, of episodes... yeah, there's a big, there's a big um, twist or something mm-hmm. or a big moment. Episode four is actually my favourite episode where Lisa Kudrow is in is in Blackpool on the ghost train. It's the most bizarre okay. thing I've ever seen. But who plays her mum? Who plays her mum? Uh, Adrian Lurkis is her dad as well and they're, they're there on Skype com- conversations and she has a strained relationship uh, with her parents and uh, yeah, it's it's very good, Matt. I'm surprised how yeah. much I enjoyed this. What did you I... think? I had no idea about who May Martin was until I was in no, her presence not... last year at, at Edinburgh. She chaired a panel about... Oh, I didn't know this. I told you this. 
Yeah, but I didn't you... know this because I, I didn't make the connection of who who she was. She t- seen she, it. Yeah, she chaired a panel on like TV for for good. So All it was right. the one where the producer of uh, Queer Eye was there. The guy who developed the old people's home for four year olds mm. was there. So things like that. Someone who worked on like the nature documentaries, the sort of the save save the planet nature documentary. So she she was the chair of that. And I just I she just she's just a likable presence, mm. isn't she? And I think that helps. You know, this is her playing a version. I don't know how much sort of the 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 sort of the drug addict story is that is no. is that part of it? I'm not sure, but. Yeah, I mean, everyone in this is real. It, it feels very real. Yeah. In term- I mean, the two the two sort of stories are her being this recovering drug addict and George not wanting to reveal that that she's in a in a homosexual relationship. Uh, but that's the end of episode three, isn't it? People starting to find out. I just I think that, that, that I, the I, table. I think as well, and I think the sort of supporting players in this as well, as you say, like Lisa Kudrow is a mum, uh, and Sophie Thompson, who is really, really strong as she's the... She's amazing. This might as, be the best uh, she's ever been. Narcotics Anonymous sponsor, who yeah. has a strained relationship with her daughter, who Rather. in turn may sort of make May stray. That, that's, that was yeah. a hard sentence to Well say. done, though. Uh, yeah, it's just these characters feel very real. I think my my... Two criticisms would oh. be a George's friends feel like they feel like they're in a different George's. show a little bit. Yeah, Ophelia yeah. Lovely Bond from W1A is is sort of her best friend, and they're sort of you know they're sort of Charlies and Tarquins and that sort of very upper yeah. class. Posh. I thought Pippa Haywood was very good as She's her brilliant. her mom in the second episode. Uh, yeah. I don't know if she pops up again. The um the the other thing was every time. Mace or someone snorting cocaine, this music would play to indicate, oh, I'm slightly tempted, I used to be a drug yeah. addict. But apart yeah. from that, and and I think it's sort of unabashed look at sort of sexuality and things like yeah. that. You know, he doesn't shy away from it. I, I kept wondering what would Gary think of this, but then again, I think he's got a crush on Charlotte Ritchie, so he might be okay with this. Yeah, I think Charlotte Ritchie, this is the best I've seen. I, I did... Fair enough, I didn't see her in Call the Midwife, and no. apparently she's very good in that. But have been in her I... presence as well. See, you could have, you might have been the impetus to get this started, yeah. I don't know. But um, I just think she's just... I just really warmed to her immediately, and um, they just have this c- connection on screen that is just... There's not a second of that where I don't believe them as a couple. I really like them as a couple. I really feel for them as a as a as a unit i think it's really really good and i um i urge anyone who has not heard of it perhaps or perhaps mm. been put off by the fact that they think it's going to be dreary it does have its darker moments but only they're very infrequent and um i really really liked it more than i expected to and perhaps that's why i like like it so much is because i thought i wasn't going to for whatever reason or that it wasn't for me but yeah i, I think it's really good wednesday nights at 10 uh, on Channel Four is Feel Good, and I, I it was called May and George for a long time. I don't know where Feel Good came from. Um, I suppose that's what she's striving. to I think achieve. it's iron. It's an ironical yeah. title, isn't it? Or she that's what she's striving to achieve, mm. achieve because she can never really relax. Yeah. Uh, and I love the scene where she felt where Charlotte Richie's character falls through the glass table, and they're all being sick and they can't cope with it. And then she's 
she ends up coming out to her friends because she's yeah. high on morphine. I, I, well, yeah. I like the, the early in that episode where she sort of literally hides her in a closet in her classroom. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, there's a sort of a musical uh, montage where she's sort of messing about trying to find things to actually, do. The actually, cupboard. the scene that really made me laugh in that episode was where Charlotte Ritchie tries to role play as a police officer. <laughs> this cost me 300 quid, this uniform. No, it's like, yeah. you're being arrested for war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> people, it's quite funny, and, and, Le- and Lisa Kudrow in her sort of my her sort of minor role. Side. I think she's really good as well because yeah. you can't switch off from the fact that Lisa Kudrow. What was, it? But... What was her line? Turn the lights on. I feel like I'm oh god, a sex criminal. <laughs> a sex criminal. Yeah, yeah. Where do you watch the rest of this? Is yeah, anyone... I watched all this this morning. So okay. Oh wow. Okay. So you, you, t- know... you asked me to watch it last night. Like True, about yeah. last I night, forgot so. that it was last night I asked you. Um, so there's three more to go. Um, or, as I say, all on Netflix across the world or all on all four. If, like Matt and I, you just want to get to the end quicker. Really, really pleased with both like that. It's on Wednesday nights at 10. Next up, then, another show that made me cry. This time it is the finale of the wonderful This Country you may remember if you're a long time listening to the pod that we spoke to Daisy and Charlie when they were basically just getting started. This country wasn't the big hit and social media darling that it has since become and award winning and all the rest of it. So we've been there right from the off when Matt thought it was a proper documentary when I asked him to watch it. Well, it we- was it was the shot that they used on the BBC previews website because it was the front page. But yeah. it was it was the shot, and you know I suppose that's the point, isn't it? That it is that sort of mockumentary style that a lot of documentaries that BBC Three did look like. Ha- yeah. Oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, oh, sorry, but that was the end of my sentence. No, the the, <laughs> f- the Skype went weird. So okay. we we reached unfortunately the finale. Uh, this. Uh, centred around the vicar. I think Charlie and Daisy said uh, at the BBC screening that I sent a colleague to that the, this series was all about the vicar and his his arc, really. So we learned at the end of the brilliant... Yeah, can we, can fifth, we talk about the talk fifth about that one as well? <laughs> OK, yeah, that's fine. i just say that we learned at the end of the fifth that the vicar had gone uh, to Bristol to under the guise of seeing his son when really he was there to speak to the Archbishop about moving to pastures new. That's all I'll say, and we can talk about the fifth episode now. It was sort of like a waiting for Godot type thing, wasn't it? It was literally just Charlie and Daisy at the train station and those sort of just banal conversations that I think... Uh, It's a really callback to Oven Space, which Hmm. was just waiting for pizzas to cook. Uh, And and there was the one in the second series where they were sort of walking around as well, I can't remember, where they're going to... They were got lost going somewhere. Like a tree festival or something, <laughs> something like that, yeah. Uh, but this one, I think there there were several bits that I really liked. There was a sort of diatribe about Toadie from Neighbours um, yeah. at a pantomime. That my, I think my favourite scene that made me laugh out loud several times was him trying to tell a door code to an old woman across the phone. If I can add that in... I will try and add that into the uh, recording. Two zero four six two. Is yeah, I still number. remember the number now. G I... G is in four. G yeah. G is a G four. No, there's no G. And then the bit was was it Darren Lacey across the yeah. Daza? Yeah. 
Lacey, uh, and then him throwing her shoe onto the train. Why would you <laughs> do that? And then the vicar attacking him when he comes up behind him to surprise him. And it's... the bit where he pretends to be the milkman on the phone to yeah. her mum. That was, was just genius. It was just genius. The <laughs> was whole just thing like... was just... Yeah. It was like hanging out with those two. Mm. You were almost sat on the bench next to them. It, and it, it proves how good they are, not just at storytelling, but it's just general dialogue they can just they know those characters so well discover this is daniella hi it's jennifer coolidge i just want to thank you for making me feel so special i earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries that's great but with discover cashback debit we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases anything else i can help you with do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet i've got leftovers introducing discover cashback debit a checking account with cash back it pays to discover Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Inside and out, they can just put them in a, in a static situation and it still be so, so funny. So Kerry's been in charge of looking after the chickens while the vicar's been away. <laughs> and, <laughs> and curtains have basically the vicar's hotline for any troubles in the village and it... So she's there to tell him how well she's done looking after the chickens, and he's there to say, "You've you've put one over on me. You gave me this awful job, and I never want to do it again." And he's got a couple of bones to pick with the vicar, but it just it, it exemplifies the relationship the two of them have to him as like a father figure, and that's what makes the revelation at the end that he's moving on hit so hard. And I. I was saving this episode because I knew I would dread it. Not that the series was over. That was bad enough. But the fact that I knew it was going to have some poignancy with the vicar leaving. And I've been a bit of an emotional up and down this these past seven days. And, and it was just... Why brilliant. is that, Luke? I've no idea, Matt. I've been stuck in a lot. It's quite normal, isn't it, this week? Nothing as <laughs> yeah. much has happened. No, true. I've been stuck in more than I'd like. Um, but I don't know. It was just... It was... It's up there with my favourite final episodes of anything, and it's it's a work of of humanity and a, a work of genius. I just think it was great, and um, all the stuff with the King of the Harvest was brilliant. Kerry in charge of oh, yeah. the, the harvest and going around and collecting everybody's shopping. The vicar losing it in the only way the vicar can. Joan is a great character. I wish we'd seen more of her. In, I, in... I loved the scene between the vicar and Mandy. I don't know if you can play yeah. that as well. Yeah. I hear you leaving. It's never, yeah. it's never, never really, really worked out for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just the the moment in the office just absolutely broke me when Curtin, who's been resistant to the idea of the vicar leaving, mm. finally comes round and says, you know, you've got to go. And I, there's I, just a... I like the way the episode turned. So initially it was him reluctant to tell them because he knew sort of the influence he was on them. And then them him being reluctant to go because of 
the sort of the differences between the sort of the small colloquial parishes in currently and the sort of challenges that a big city like Bristol would would bring the there was that brilliant thing about the needle exchange which which I thought was quite an amusing yeah. uh, moment and then carrying curtain having to be the people who were convincing him to go despite the risks that were despite mm. his reservations and I just thought the, the writing the way it turned in terms of the dynamics of that relationship I think were, were brilliant and and Daisy and Charlie and it, Paul I, I will butcher his surname I want to say Shiadi Chiadi Chiadi I think Chiadi the, the actor um all brilliant and I think the ensemble as well in this you know the members the ensemble members of the Cooper family primarily uh, but also the the other actors that they bring in, I think, are all populate this world brilliantly. And I just, I, I, and the the final line, which you quoted early on, not knowing that he was in the final no, episode with uh, Rob Robinson. Yeah, I never really watched this. Not my sort of thing. Do you not remember Rob Robinson? We did a whole episode about me trying to no. find out what happened. I also love the bit with the... It's just the, the, the silly bits in this country that make me laugh. So when she when she's work, doing the harvest and she gets all excited because they got Heinz tin of beans. And she starts singing, Oh, when the Heinz come marching in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, when the Heinz come marching in. Oh, brilliant. This country, if you've never seen it, we've sport the end of it, but please go and watch it. It is... One, if not, it's up there with Mum as the best comedy in 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 recent years. We we love them both, and uh, I can't say I love this country more than Mum because I wouldn't want to deface Mum in any way. But I just think it's a work of pure genius, and it, I'm already annoyed. I was slightly annoyed at the idea of an American remake, although they have worked in some cases. The American Office being possibly the best example of it but then my hopes were dashed because do you know who they've cast as the vicar no you have to tell me you don't so let me just set the scene for you first so is this an american actor this is an american actor so paul feig someone you hate someone i hate somebody that shouldn't be playing the vicar and i'm not going to make you guess sean william scott okay who doesn't have no, he needs to be an older actor. I mean, yeah, he's, prob- he's probably like 45, but... Yeah, but he still doesn't have the gravitas that that character needs and the warmth. I mean, no, I, I haven't seen, but imagining that he doesn't have that. Uh, but that'll be coming to Fox when TV is a thing in the future. Okay, um, this Who, country... Who's playing Carrying Curtain? No, no word yet. I think Paul Feig yeah. is involved and he said that um, he wants it to be unknowns like Daisy, yeah. Daisy and Charlie were in the... I like the idea... The you know who they should get to play the, the vicar? Who? The dad from Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah, although how old would he be now? He'd be quite doesn't, old now. Doesn't matter. Actually, no, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. He could, well, I suppose he could play like... Len... Len, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether they'll have an equivalent to Len, but yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, what that is like. Well, they could gender swap it and have Anne Dowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be a little bit terrified of her, though, if she was a bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> if she put that prodding machine she's got in the handmaid's tail with her. 
Let's finish with something I didn't know Matt was watching. We just. Uh, do you want to just quickly talk uh, Last Tango? I thought we talked to... already. Yeah, there's, there's, there's uh, do. Uh, John, because we have watched all the three this week that I hadn't yeah. previously watched. Um, I was worried, sort of, because this was four, and mm. I think by the end of episode three, not a lot had happened, and I was thinking, you know, what was, what was the overall point of this series, really? And then that finale, I thought, was so joyous and so lovely... Well, everything just, together, didn't they? Yeah, All the little plot points. And, and to be fair, there weren't that many. There wasn't a great deal of action going on. I think Last Tango has danced between light and shade brilliantly over the years. But this series did it more delicately. It was funnier than previous series have been. It was lighter than previous series have been. But I think the final episode, assuming that is the end... Um, I think it was a it was an absolutely joyous sixty mm. minutes of drama. I loved it. I think the thing is with this is that it, it's sort of the smaller things, which is what we said when we talked about the first episode. The the underlying themes of Alan and Celia being very different characters coming together because of the sort of the nostalgia of them not seeing each other for sixty years. Uh, there's the big thing that Brexit sort of divided them a little bit and. Alan wanting to get this job in the supermarket, Celia wanting to get this kitchen built, the animosity about not giving uh, the money to Gillian for upkeep of the farm. There's, just, I mean, it was all sort of very sort of human stories. Uh, Caroline's relationship with the colleague who learned, who didn't know she was gay, uh, and, and all that. The only that was the only bit that didn't work for me when you sort of saw her with her ex partner and and putting yeah, beer into his really car. Yeah, didn't go anywhere, did it? That really. Yeah, annoying. like it was almost like you know we have to keep our character pure so. This this woman who sort of rebuffed her advances and has been very harsh to her is actually a bit of a psychopath. And the thing mm. with the giraffe on the barn as well didn't really work for me. Or Not Ronnie really. or Ronnie Ancona deciding she was in love with Sarah Lancashire. But I think I think the interplay between you know, the not only the four, not only the four main. I mean, Timothy West was excellent here as he was as amazing. Ted coming back from New Zealand under the uh, premise that he had all this money and his children wanted to take it from him, and then it turned out he was the victim of a con artist that he met on a dating site, and he wanted to come back to sort of almost make amends to his late wife. Suffering, he was suffering with dementia a little bit, and then there was the story with the young lad as well, who sort of Alan befriended. <laughs> who ended up living in his shed. I, I was a bit thingy that he managed to drive all the way to, to Bridlington. Yeah, I sort of let that go. Yeah, I mean, you have to go a little bit of dramatic license when it comes to yeah. Last Tango, but I think the, the warmth and the authenticity of the performances, Nicola Walker's arc in this was very believable, sort of, do I want to keep working at a job where I'm sort of running at a loss? Uh, there was a scene with the sheep going going uh, astray and and losing quite a lot of the sheep. They're eating like a cannabis plant. 
<laughs> so, uh, but I think the I, I think the scenes I really gravitate towards are the ones where it's Nicola Walker and Sarah Lancashire. I think those. Yeah, they scenes, just uh, have such a chemistry mm-hmm. between them, don't they? Yeah, and if and you remember you... where they started as well, yeah. to get to that point. Well, now they where did they're... reference it, didn't they? Yeah. The trailer trash thing line yeah. that. She, uh, but Gillian Gillian's thing about taking her to Hebden Women's Disco that seemed to be. A... Yeah, I, I loved they, all of that. Finally got to. And it's just the little sort of intricacies of the dialogue, the way they use the word little every so, you know, get yourself a little flat, get, but he'll buy himself a little house somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, they just keep using that all the time, don't they? Like this sort of quaint ideal of Ted buying, he's going to buy himself a little house. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I think it's rare nowadays to have that connection with characters because things are one and done a lot of the times and we've been allowed into these people's lives since the end of 2012 and um, we've not been with them every year because of the busyness of Sally Wainwright and the other members of the cast but it's nice just to pop in on them and there's a final sort of scene between Anne Reed and Derek Jacobi's character Celia and Alan where they put the worlds to right and they talk about how they've been together for this long. They've not fallen out of love, but they've realised they're very different people. And it's just the dialogue in that is why the me from 2012 loved British drama so much. Because when we when we use ordinary people and ordinary characters and have them have the sort of conversation you can imagine people having, I think we do it better than almost anyone. And I think those characters exemplify why I love British drama so much when it's this good because that final scene is so good and they sort of they bicker but you know there's love there they sort of put the world to rights it's a very quiet scene it's just them in an empty church and I loved all the bits where Celia was saying I I like nice things and Mm. Alan says yeah but nice things they don't have to cost a lot of money you're quite materialistic it just was so naturalistic as well and uh, just cemented my affection for the show. Those lines about, you know, Caroline saying things like, I I look at him sometimes and I just think he regrets (laughs) meeting her again. Yeah. Because, yeah. And I I just think, you know, they they know these characters so well at this point. I think I would like another series. And, you know, they they have left the door open nicely. uh, But we'll have to we'll just have to see, uh, as you say, Nicola, Nicola Walker and Sarah Lancashire especially are always very busy. So um, and and I think it's both of the characters they play here are, are sort of totally different from others that you've seen them portray as well, which sort of just demonstrates how great they both are it just between them particularly it just seems effortless it's just like two friends having a conversation and i love that sequence where she's dropping the girls off at school and she's they're talking through a car window it's it's just it's Mm. brilliantly natural last tango in halifax the whole thing from one to five is on the iPlayer now again if you've never seen it was for the end but <laughs> but uh, it's mark. well and... well worth your um, your investment and it will be a welcome distraction from what's going on at the mm. moment really warm p- p- characters you can really gravitate towards and and hang on to every time tony gardner and and um Ronnie and Kona turn up i do sort of and the and the son of the Sarah yeah the son this time I liked him normally, but I feel like the whole thing with the New Zealand backpackers 
didn't yeah. really go anywhere. There's a lot of loose threads, but in yeah. the end, it all sort of held together. It was almost like they forgot bits when they got to the end. But for me, it's always been about the core four, and mm. I think they they've been really interesting. <sighs> Breathe. Finally, um, for <laughs> the reviews, <laughs> um, I, a piece I've now is now up on the website. I've been writing it over the last few days on the new Netflix documentary that everyone on Twitter seems to be talking about um, myself very much part of that conversation it's called Tiger King Mayhem and Madness and it follows the world of Joe Exotic now I'm going to ask Matt to tell me what happens in oh the don't do this no, only because I've seen it all I don't want to say anything that doesn't happen in that first one so uh, I suppose you haven't seen a lot of these bonkers Netflix documentaries no. that are scripted, that are structured like dramas that end on big cliffhangers and twists. And the idea being, if you didn't watch it on a site that wasn't Netflix, it would just play on and you'd become sucked into the complete madness of the whole thing. Interesting for you or not? Yeah, I mean, it was. Do we? Do you know off the top of your head the the guy who is behind, you know, the director or yes, the producer he, of this stuff? Yes, he doc- also did a, an equally bonkers documentary that you may have heard of on Netflix about the Fire Festival, I think, last year. So he's got good documentary pedigree and he's been following not just Joe Exotic but Carol Baskin, a big pet mm. rescue, and all these other eccentric big cat owners across the U.S., for five years it's, it's been an epic journey yeah to get because to this he, point. He, as he says the it started sort of as almost inconse- inconsequentially he was doing a different documentary about uh reptile owners snake owners and he sort of met this this gentleman joe exotic who um bre- he he's sort of a wild cat owner or breeder or owns a zoo what yeah. would you what would you call him it's it, everything you said really it's, it's okay not, it's not a zoo like whipsnade it's like a no. roadside zoo <laughs> where it's like privately owned he owns yeah. all the cats he he breeds them in his house and lives with them and goes in with them and allows people to pet the cubs and all that sort of thing which is quite common in <laughs> um in that stuck part it focuses of on his feud with Carol Baskin, who yeah. is a, a protester campaigner about sort of. She freeing... also runs a uh, a place uh, called Big, which claims to be the like antithesis of his. But mm. as it goes on, you sort of see that there's. He's also there's, well, I mean, this, similarities. This, that that is brought up in the first episode. Yeah. That... He he has his own sort of online TV channel where yes. he berates her about, yeah. you know, you're making a profit from this as well. How can you yeah. say you're different from me? We're very similar. Yeah. So that there, there's that aspect to it. And it sets up that he's currently in prison for sort of, is it like a plot to kill her or no, something? They... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, they, it is. They call it murder for hire in, in the show. Okay. But, yeah, but she's not actually killer. dead. 
No, she no no she's not a spoiler. Okay, okay. Well, I I'm just looking yeah, now that there's a, that there's an article about her complaining about the portrayal of her on the show. I don't think yeah. mainly anyone really comes off well. No, but... the, people have been doing polls like who's the winner. Nobody yeah. is. Nobody's. Nobody and then there's comes this off other great. guy who's very similar to you know he does very similar things to Joe Exotic, but he's Doc a much Andrew. more. Doc, what? Sorry, Antler. Doc Antle. He thinks Antle. he's like a godlike figure, doesn't he? Who, um, he's the one who provides a lot of animals for films like Ace Ventura and and did a lot of the late night talk shows. Yeah. Uh, Joe, and he's very savvy on camera. He knows when he's on camera and behaves in a certain way. Whereas Joe Exotic is this flamboyant uh, homosexual, got th- three yeah. husbands, and yeah, you know. All if that. they ever did a film of this, then he would be played by David Spade. Or Sean William Scott. <laughs> just putting him out there. Yeah. Um and and as you say, yes, he met, he has met like some of his husbands through he used to run sh- like talks about not doing drugs. Yeah. Because he'd lose a partner through drug No, through he drugs. lost his brother. That's he lost his brother, that's it. And he's got a tattoo of his brother on his arm mm. and he did talks about not doing and he said they didn't listen to me so I started bringing pets. And they still yeah. didn't listen to me, so I started doing magic. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that he did magic to get the, the word across. But he, he learned magic from a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, so it's all very, you know... And I was going to ask ask you, actually, as someone yeah. who lived in the States for a number of years, is this something you saw all these sort yes. of... Because it, it seems to be quite a ordinary thing all these americans yeah. owning these big cats and things like yeah, that yeah it's it's not a thing it when i was in california it's not a thing it's not a thing in california or new york or anywhere like that the more conser- conservative places but when you go to florida and oklahoma and alabama and texas and all yes there are more big cats in private homes than there are in the wild yeah, they did mention that. Just, I mean, the um, only thing. So yeah, it's, I saw it common commonplace. That this put me in mind of was uh, Grizzly Man. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've the never seen that documentary by Werner uh, Herzog. This, though, obviously, is focusing on more on this on this plot. Uh, that the end of the first episode is the call from the prison where Joe currently is. Saying that you know, I ne- I never did what they said they said I did. I no. I mean, they haven't set up what that was yet, no. but they did set up that there was some level of plot, and that's why he's in prison. So yeah. that that's sort of where we are at the end that's of episode. Where the end of episode one. There are seven in total. It goes as all of these Netflix documentary documentaries do. It goes completely bonkers, and my family and I have just raced through them and now feel a bit bereft because. There's nothing even close to them <laughs> to watch again. But it's I don't know whether you'll continue watching or not, but it is really bonkers and, and really I, brilliant. I think the one thing this has as well, I suppose, is the fact that this... When I asked you, do you know who this guy is? I was asking for his name, really. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, yeah, I do know his name. His name uh, is... Hang on, I wrote it in my article, so if I go to that... Um, uh, is that he has been following these people and and for the last five years, you know, he's he it's one of those documentaries that starts Eric Good, something. Eric Good with an E Eric on the Good. end of Good. It yeah. starts as something, then becomes something else. Um, yeah. 
there's another documentary like that which I which for the life of me I can't remember off the top of my head but there is another film documentary where it's or maybe it was a TV documentary where it's I was get I was doing something and then it became something else mm. yeah I I don't know I just found it pretty incredible um and really enjoyable because he is such a fan, fascinating person he's lived like 30 lives and i just you know he's a country singer he's this flamboyant dresser he he's got loads of husbands and i don't know i mean you could get like 50 series out of just white, white trash isn't he really yes, very white really. trash yeah i mean it's really run down his quote-unquote sanctuary and um yeah i i just find it just it's the complete opposite of what my life is and i just i can't look away really i think it's really good tiger king read my review for more of my thoughts if i didn't articulate them well here you didn't uh, really i didn't really but did you did you find it any i know you only watched it because i was talking about it you probably wouldn't have watched it otherwise but did it flow for you and did it go by quickly enough did you enjoy yeah it? no i really i i think i looked and there was about f- five minutes left and i was like oh that's gone quite quickly yeah, yeah no I probably, I probably will as you know i've got a little bit more time on my hands at the moment yeah. i'm to, i'm i'm work- i've been working from home since wednesday so you know i i'm not doing this sort of the commute at the moment so it's cutting out some time of my day you know i am trying to get that this sort of daily allotted exercise Mm-hmm. Uh, probably before that gets taken away from us in a week or so now, but oh, I'm glad we're here to spread yeah. cheer and joy to Give us me all. Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> so there are seven episodes in total. Uh, the episodes are about 45 minutes each. It's not a, it's not a hardship, and a, and we hope you really enjoy it. Tiger King streaming across the world on Netflix now. You won't believe the things that happen. Is all I'll say. Um, right, um, next week on the TV, not an awful lot, it's fair to say. We may go live again, just mm-hmm. so we can just chat with you and yeah. talk about If you listen stuff. to this back, yeah, I suppose let us know a time next weekend where you feel like will be the most sort of beneficial you know, time you would listen, um, and we might just sort of freestyle a little bit. Yeah, about time you did some more freestyling on the podcast. That would Rewind. Rewind. <laughs> Big hit years ago. I'm intrigued to see how they do uh, Have I Got News For You, which is back yeah. at 9 o'clock on Friday. I don't quite know how that's going to Maybe work. we could... Ju- I mean, I suppose we could just watch some things that we don't normally talk about and the way they're... Coping uh, with it. Coping with the uh, the COVID. I saw um, Ruth and Eamon say something like, don't, don't ring in to say, why aren't we self-isolated, you know, social distancing. We live together. <laughs> And there's also the fact that people complained to ITV in their hundreds that people were drinking in the pub, despite the fact that the episode had been filmed a good eight weeks before Which all this episodes? kicked off. Of Coronation Street. Oh, right, you didn't say... I didn't, didn't say, say that, yeah. <laughs> I just thought you'd know. Uh, Coronation and Street. Also, the uh, pre-taped outside of this morning as well. I was reading yeah. the people thought, why are there so many people still outside and then they're too close to each other? Um, I suppose the only notable thing, not for me, but for you next week, is the return of Save Me on Sky Atlantic. I was going to say, if there's anyone who would like to talk about that with me, get in touch on on the various Twitters, 
Um, and you can maybe Skype in live if Luke can work that. I can work it. I know how to do certain yeah. things. Mind you, because you were talking about this on Twitter earlier on about not buying into the world. What what, what was it specifically about that world? Cause I don't know. I, I think I I bought into it. I think it was some. It was a world that we're not used to. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah. I think it's one that that exists. That the you know there's this this block of flats in in London that everyone knows each other. They all drink at the same pub. You know, they're all sort of, you know, there's the Jack the Lad and things like that. I think that that is all sort of believable. So, I was, and, yeah, I just... and I think as it, as it goes on, I think the, the focus on the Stephen Graham character and, and that, you know, he's um, been on sex offenders register and things like that. And, and that's something that I don't think I've seen in in a drama before the you know the hook was this sort of missing girl thing but the the direction it went in really surprised me so is i this think one of these things where you're gonna not know what series two is about like when happy valley came back and we had no idea what they were going to do with it well do you i have I, an idea of where we're going no, with series two? i do because i mean do I, can i ruin series the end of series one yes <laughs> The the end they do, they haven't actually found the girl yet so no I knew that yeah yeah so that would probably they're still looking for for the for the girl who went missing I'm guessing yeah. that's where it's gonna go okay but uh, it's, it's not really one of those things like liar or anything like that it's just come back well no because they and... yeah. Oh, quickly though, on I I at the moment still watching Liar folks. I don't know if anyone else out there still is, but Jesus Christ, the, the fourth watching it, the fourth episode. Because you know me, and I like these sort of heightened, bonkers, rubbish, bonkers, rubbish. Yeah. rubbish. Um, the fourth episode, they went back um, twelve years, which coincidentally was the time that. Um, Andrew uh, first learnt, learnt to be a raper. I used that in, yeah, in that, a, just yeah, that because made me feel Carmichael wrong. Show. Yeah. Well, that, that was that was the reference I was. We didn't for. raise you to be a raper. Yeah. I remember. Um, um, and he, it was all very. Was in the was the character who came down from Edinburgh to get his bag from the hospital. Was he in the first episode? Yes, he was. Yeah. You found out he was the guy. He went to uni with him, but he sort of didn't know him very very well. But he met him after getting a coat for a gay co-worker who, who this guy had um, drugged and raped the night before. And he then set cameras up in his house to watch how he did it and then learnt from him. Uh, it's like a like a version of YouTube now, where people go on and learn how to fix their computers. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. Uh, at the same time, twelve years previous, um, her dad, Laura's dad, was who was played by Dermot Crowley in this episode, um, had a, a tumor collapsed, was dying, and she um, assisted his his death. It all sounds, and I've not seen it, and I've no desire to see it. It all sounds a little bit inconsequential to me. And then, and then she gets arrested again at the end of the episode. Catherine is Kelly she, still in Panto? She is, but she wasn't because this was a flashback episode. She's it not was, there as often. Not, she was only in it at the beginning and the end when they found something okay. that they thought linked another thing that they thought linked her to. But again, we there there was that scene in the trailer which they still haven't shown where she goes, I didn't kill Andrew Ullum and she, and Catherine Kelly goes, Oh, we better find out who did then. But they still have God, it's like she was in the room then. Uh, did you like my impression? Yes, very much so. 
I, I think it's like for me, it's a bit like the fall, which I watched it all of. I think I'm just I, I'm that far in now. I may as well finish. God, you've start you've started so you finish. <laughs> um, another surprise for me when when we get there, I've been watching Better Things US pace. And okay, what, yeah. I, what I like, I, I like so many things about Better Things, but my favourite thing is the randomness of British actors that will turn <laughs> up randomly. So last series that just finished on the BBC, Chris Marshall was it? Was there anyone mm. else? Was it just Chris Marshall? Uh, Marshall Thomas, Thomason, Marshall Thomason. Thomason, yeah. This series, very pleased to announce when we get there, Jessica Barden of the End of the Effing World is, okay. is, is a really interesting character yeah. in there. Playing a, a version yeah. of herself. I mean, I don't know if we want to... Because I, I finished watching that now as well, so I don't know if we want to briefly talk about Series 3, if you can remember that at all. I can't it's... remember it a lot, apart from yeah. the poetry stuff. I yeah. liked all the stuff I, with Frankie. I, generally, the series I found sort of... It started strong with her being in that zombie film and then had yeah. a sort of very flabby middle. And then the last few episodes, which were... Her um, auditioning for that play on Broadway yeah. uh, with various actors playing themselves, Holland Taylor, um, oh, I can't remember his name now, Mark something, isn't it? And his name's completely escaped me. Um, oh, and and her, Mar- the Marsha Thomason character sort of coming, saying, do you want to, you know, do you want a relationship with me or not? And then... Like, did, what did you like about that? Did you like the Matthew, Matthew Broderick stuff? Not particular. I don't think they ever sort of went too hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They. And that's the thing about better things. I find sometimes, you know, there, there's a thread that they sort of do a little bit with, and then don't really go that much. But as you say, yeah, the last two episodes that focused on Frankie a lot more. Um, I I really enjoyed the the stuff with the poetry where it's sort of like the like almost like rap poetry that they were yes. doing. Her talking about, you know, why are you keeping these things from me? Your relationship with my dad. Why are you protecting me in this way? I'm old enough to understand. And then she goes missing for several weeks, and it ends with Sam's fiftieth birthday and her right. And and that did get me sort of proper emotional that bit at the end there. But I think there was and there was too much sort of comedy Celia Rimmery as well when she was. You know, she was having this affair with this married man and <laughs> there was the bit where she was smoking the cannabis with yeah. Max's friends and, and bits like that. But, yeah, Gemma, I mean, the the, the performances from Pamela Adlon and the, and the three actresses who play the, play the daughters are, are all brilliant. And, yeah, I'm looking for... I don't know if I'm going to go sort of UK pace yeah. uh, or use sort of alternate means to... Uh, but yeah, it's it's such a, a great show, and again, as I said last week, a real sort of recommend from me if you like those sort of. Uh, I did recommend it to a friend of mine who is a bit sort of dubious about starting it because of uh, Louis C.K.'s. Yeah, uh, involved, but he's not on screen like, at any point. Writing first, it, yeah. yeah, the first two series, and and sort of helping her to create it. Better things, all of series one to three on iPlayer. That's an extra review for you folks. Yeah, I didn't know we were going to do that. It's it's flying by the seat of our pants, this, and I'm enjoying uh, bits of it. If you didn't know, folks, going back what, eight, eight, almost nine years now, we used to do this live every week. I know, and it, it hung together a lot better than this did. But uh, yeah, we'll be back. 
Do you want to say next? I tell you what. This is what this is what happened behind the scenes a bit. Very low this week for whatever reason. I don't know. I've been stuck in, as has everybody around the globe. Didn't want to do a podcast. Felt really low. Then midweek decided. You know what? We'll do one. Then last minute decided to go live. I reckon we'll go live at some point next week. We'll give you a bit more forewarning. It was a bit rushed. This going live business and and uh, the it's podcast. mainly to see if it works. I suppose this was a sort of. And, and maybe we could do this even if we haven't got a lot to review over the next few weeks. Just find things to talk about and maybe discuss mm. that a little bit more off mic. Yeah, and we ought to get Mike involved. We, we're always mentioning him, and yet we never have him on. We've had a Michael on, haven't we? We've had Michael <laughs> Lee, but I don't think that's he goes true. by Mike. No, that's true. Well, we had Mike Munster. Yeah, Mike Munster um, yeah. used to do the Twin Peaks stuff. We've never talked to him. Yeah. All right, then, take care. I've got a, I've got a gunshot sound effect to use here. I might just end it with a gunshot. Okay. <laughs> right, See, See ya. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.